Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about, reflect, and take your business to the next level. For the last several years, I have many, many episodes on a lot of different topics that you actually can subscribe to and really listen and reflect on in terms of how you filter some of these thoughts and ideas. What I try to do is I bring on different topics, different thought leaders, but also bring on certainly organizations that are involved in supporting and leading this industry, including Professional Remodeler, NARI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, as well, as well as many important strategic alliances wrapped around the technologies that really help you improve your business. Today, I want to talk about a topic that has been kind of a thread of many things that have been talked about over the last coming weeks in terms of different episodes for Remodeling Mastery. And I want to talk about the topic of change and more specifically, the topic of changing kind of cultures. When you think about culture, first of all, you got to kind of understand it. We, we don't necessarily see it, touch it, feel it, but we all know kind of it's there. This is the culture of the particular business and the company that we have. What I've tried to do over the years as a communicator to certainly my own teams, but also to others, I've tried to equate culture a little bit more to sports or something that we oftentimes understand. I've asked certainly audiences or groups the question, uh, how many of you in the audience love professional football? And needless to say, if you're dealing with certain cohorts, you get many hands going up. My follow-up question is, what do you like about football? What is it you'd like about that you take this big chunk of time on the weekends to really watch professional football? And you'll hear answers like they like the hard hitting, they like the skills, they like the strategy, they like the, you know, the professionalism, they like the memories that they used to play it themselves when they were kids. And then I go on to say, so how many of you understand, and I put my two hands up, understand what that means in professional football, and they all kind of chuckle and they say, oh, that's of course a touchdown. How many yards do you get if you're penalized for offside? Most people know it's five yards. How many points when you score a touchdown? It's six points. How about a field goal? Three points. The point in all this is they certainly know the rules of the game. They know the points. They know how the game operates. So to illustrate my point further, I oftentimes will ask, okay, how many after this meeting today, going home this evening, how many can you not wait to turn on professional rugby and really watch, uh, watch that game? They all, again, sort of chuckle because in, for the most part, none of them do that. I said, well, does professional rugby have hard hitting? Yes. Does it have rules of the game? Yes. Does it have high levels of skills and athleticism? Yes. You know, do you think, for example, that some people that really love watching professional rugby maybe played it and understand those things much better? The point in all this is that your business is like a sport. It's like football. It's like baseball. It's like basketball. And it has a certain culture, it has certain beliefs, it has certain ways of doing things that ultimately kind of makes you who you are. It makes you a magnet for the talent and the team to really want to be part of you. 
The reason I bring this up and really talk about it more in past terms, but I think it helps you understand the environment we're in right now. We're dealing, I think, with things right now that are very much like a different sport. This change that we're experiencing, whether it's more virtual behavior, whether it's rethinking what people care about, whether it's employees, whether it's clients establishing new value kind of proposition, the culture in remodeling, the culture in your remodeling business is changing. It's just like the difference. In the past, it was football, and now it's rugby. In the past, it was playing the saxophone, and today, it's playing the clarinet. In the past, it was speaking a certain language, and now it's speaking a different dialect of that language that oftentimes is hard to understand. And I share this because you need to spend time thinking about this. You need to think about the changes that are happening. You know, a friend of mine said, if you're not changing in business, you're going to become irrelevant. And I think that's especially true now. If you're not focused on the changes that are happening out there in terms of the culture, in terms of the beliefs, in terms of the rules of the game, in terms of all those things that we understand and know in football and certainly in other sports, you're going to find you might fall behind the wave and become irrelevant. So let's just talk about or try to unpack this in, in a, a little bit of a way that becomes, you know, a little bit more strategic and tactical for you to be able to act on. Now, if you look at the whole subject of culture and what's happening and what's changing out there, you could probably come up with 10 or 15 or even 20 spokes, like spokes on a wheel, so to speak. But I want to really talk about five in particular that I think helped to not only frame this, but also help you to think about, okay, what is your strategy? What are your tactics to change? The first one I want to talk about is the client. Now, in large part, because of, I think, what the client is seeing and caring about today, and they've been hunkered down for a period of time, I think the client is starting to change. They're starting to change in terms of how they think about their house. They're starting to change in terms of of, of, of how they're going to evaluate remodelers moving forward. Needless to say, when you're sequestered for a long period of time, you're going to be looking and staring at your home, but you're also going to realize, is my home really just a house or is it more of a sanctuary? Is my home just a series of sticks and bricks or is it kind of this compound and oasis? Is my home something that I want to be in forever so they don't stick me in a nursing home that's not necessarily uh, unsafe. And now I'm all of a sudden thinking about my home in a different kind of way. What's also interesting is how homeowners are making their decisions. And this is, we're just starting to see this, is starting to change. The fact of the matter is they really do want to find and develop a relationship with a remodeler, as opposed to in the not too distant past, I think for the most part, it was more of a transaction they were doing. And then that's one reason they would bounce all around and work with different kind of people. They also are looking at how they're making their decisions a little bit differently. You know, many years ago, quality was certainly number one. And certainly right behind that was the value, the price, and maybe the speed. And we've seen those three things kind of juggle in the last, uh, in the last year or two with time becoming more important as precious it is as it is. But now I think there's another element that's going into that decision kind of value proposition, and that's the whole element of health and safety. 
They want to be safe in their home. They want you to be safe. They want it to be a healthy construction experience in their home. And I think that's going to affect not only your decisions, but it's going to affect their decisions moving forward. The second one I want to talk about is the whole element of marketing. Now, needless to say, we've had a very high touch, especially in the specialty community, high touch way that we generate leads through either canvassing or different type of events and those kind of things. Well, we're obviously seeing the need to change that. I think you're going to see with marketing efforts, a lot more focus on digital marketing efforts. You're going to find the clients, quite frankly, wanting to find you more than necessarily you finding them. You have to be putting yourself out there more than ever in terms of kind of the heart and soul of your company, what your really makeup is all about. Do you have a sense of humor? Do you care about the community? That is going to influence, I think, your marketing efforts moving forward. And I think those that really are focused more on interesting, relevant, fun kind of things, causes that really the community care about, I think the client, because they're only going to be talking to probably one or two uh, prospective companies, not three to five like they were in the past, they're going to be very targeted on the right kind of culture, the right kind of value proposition the company offers, not necessarily just uh, lining up the bidders, so to speak. The third element I want to talk about when it comes to culture, and this is something that people are really grappling with in a big sort of way, is the whole notion, I think, of the virtual relationships. The reality is we've been forced in the last several months to have more virtual relationships, virtual meeting, virtual happy hours, virtual relationships that are very, very different. Now, as I've really shared with many folks, for many of you who've been in business 20, 30, and sometimes even 40 years in business, that's the way you've used to operating. It's very high touch. It's very interactive. And you used to get in your car, drive into the office, drive to the job site. You're used to that kind of environment. So it's only been in the last two, three, four months, we've been forced to have to operate a little bit more virtually and leveraging different technologies. And I share that perspective really for one reason. It takes time. It took you time to get used to going into the office once you got out of school. It took you time to really develop those skills to have a a really good leadership meeting uh, around a conference table. It took you time, for example, to develop those uh, relationships with clients and presentation processes and tools a certain way. You know, it also is going to take you time to adjust to this new sport, which is more virtual type of relationships. Now, Do I believe it's all going to become about that? Of course I don't. I believe that there's going to be hybrid. But more importantly, just like when it comes to sport, you need to sharpen your axe and you need to have the skills to do this well. One thing I've realized in the last two or three months, spending a lot of time on this subject, is in fact you need to be investing 30 minutes or an hour a day, not just on communicating, not just on virtual relationships, but how do I get better at the skill? of a virtual relationship? How do I have the right technologies? How do I learn about it? How do I get the best practices? And what's interesting about it is many companies, quite frankly, have been working more virtual relationships all around the world for the last 
you know, five or 10 years. So you have models of companies out there that not only have the technologies, but they have the dance down of how to do this. And I think the more that you can emulate what they're doing and bringing it back, those best practices into your business, I think you can start to uh, not only effectively, but also you can start to see the relationships changing. This virtual kind of relationship is going to be with your clients. It's going to be with your alliances and trade contractors, with your suppliers, and certainly with your team as well. Number four, which kind of relates to number three, but it is a little bit different, and that's the work environment itself. You know, many of the thought leaders that I engage with, they're looking at their real estate very, very differently than they did in the past. They're looking at the office space. They're looking at their storage. They're looking at the space. And in some cases, they're looking to reduce the amount of office footprint as much as 50 to 75% of what it was in the past. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating, but I'm at least encouraging you to ask the question. And that is, what does that work environment look like in the future? You know, uh, how do I interact with my teams? And most importantly, how am I even making the decisions when it comes to these kinds of things? Am I really listening and putting my ear to the ground and listening to my team in terms of how would they like their work environment to be in the future? I think at the end of the day, if you really think about how this is going to unfold 6, 12, 18 months from now, people, your team members are going to make their decisions based on your level of flexibility when it comes to the work environment. This is also going to change, I think, how we judge people, how we judge performance. I think it's going to change dramatically the level of accountability and clarity. It's not just showing up. It's also being accountable specifically for what you're being asked to do. And you're going to be measuring your people based on accountabilities more than necessarily just personalities and showing up to the party. So remote working and flexible hours are going to become an integral part of what you do. I certainly don't have a crystal ball, and I don't know whether you could operate completely independent from a work environment like that, but I do believe that it's going to change pretty dramatically, and those businesses that are not changing to adapt to this are going to become less competitive and certainly potentially irrelevant. The last one is really more about you when you look in the mirror. There's many, many leaders in the remodeling industry when it comes to, I think, this changing culture is how they go about making their decisions. I think what we've been facing this year has really changed dramatically the level of empathy that you have with others, members of your team and your clients and your alliances. It's certainly been a shock to our systems that we're not looking for certainly leaders that are just going to be the decision makers. We're looking for leaders that are going to be kind of the, the glue that holds the parts and pieces together, the folks that are visionary, the folks that have a degree of listening and ear to the ground to not only the marketplace, but the clients, but also listening to the teams. You know, how are you going to go making decisions moving forward? Is it going to be more about leadership policies, or is it going to be more, more about dialogue and conversation? I think we're going to see some changes. And while it's certainly not necessarily going to turn 180 degrees in terms of this, I think that level of empathy and that level of 
of exposure, I think, that a leader's going to have an ear to the ground of what's going on. It's going to dramatically change the levels of decisions. And I think there's going to need to be different levels of transparency. So in summary, as you think about our topic today, uh, I'm talking about adjustments. I'm talking about change. At the end of the day, you still are designing things. At the end of the day, you're still creating delighted clients. At the end of the day, you're still building stuff as it relates to the remodeling. But I think there's going to be a lot of change. And that change out there has got a lot of silver linings that I think will help you create, I think, more balance, more time, a lot, certainly better even profitability and results once you learn the game, once you really appreciate that this is the change that's happening out there. And I think those businesses that are really adopting and adapting to those changes are going to be, are going to be the ones that are going to be the most successful. So I want to thank everybody for joining me today and look forward to our interview coming up, which was just support and listen to what others have to say. I encourage you also to subscribe to this podcast series because there's many things that will come to you on a regular basis that really will help you take your business to the next level. Take care of it. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mark Richardson. And today we have our segment of Remodeling Mastery that I've brought on one of our remodeling thought leaders. Brian Gottlieb is the CEO and president of Tunderland, which is uh, one of the leading remodeling organizations up in the Northwest or up in the North, uh, Midwest uh, in the Wisconsin area, as well as has operations down in uh, Arizona as well. Uh, Brian is a national speaker. He's certainly a voice in the industry and has really taken kind of his business, started in 2008, right around the crash, and has grown it into one of the top remodeling organizations in the country. And as we talked about in the earlier segment, uh, what we want to talk about today, and I, I really kind of tapped Brian specifically on the shoulder to be able to discuss this kind of notion of culture and change and what's not changing, quite frankly, and what, you know, what's likely to stay. So Brian, welcome to Remodeling Mastery. And, uh, you know, what do you, what do you see it out there as it relates to kind of this, this, this whole changing business dynamic and culture? Yeah. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, so I, I think, I think there's no doubt that change is taking place. I, I think we should first start talking about why, why is culture important, right? What is really the, is culture a point of differentiation? And, you know, it, it's my belief that, that, and we're an open, open book to anybody that wants to take a tour of our place. Even if a competitor wants to take a tour, I have no problem giving a tour or sharing information openly because, because of our culture, we have a saying around our company that if you want to copy our performance, you first have to copy what goes on inside of our people's heads. So culture wow. is truly the point of differentiation inside of our organization. And, and, and yeah, I'd love to chat about it. Absolutely. Uh, so, Brian, why don't you talk to us about your culture before we talk about, you know, kind of what's changing? So our culture revolves around the philosophy that people are limitless, that, that and it's our responsibility as an organization to encourage and inspire individuals to accomplish something greater than they ever thought possible before. It's, it's the culture. We have a culture where 
where anybody can be the CEO and all they have to do is put in the effort and it's our role to support that. So because of that, uh, we have a very learning mindset inside of our years ago. Uh, what we were as a company, I would have said we were a construction company. If you would have asked me five years ago, I would have said we're a sales and marketing company that happens to be in the home improvement business. But if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, I, 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 would, I would tell you today that uh, first and foremost, we're a training and development company and our greatest asset is our people. So, and, and that's really what defines our culture. Excellent. So with that being said, what do you think is fundamentally changed to having gone through this, you know, this pandemic and certainly these, uh, you know, these social issues that are happening out there and certainly this roller coaster in terms of the economy? How has how that fundamentally changed, if at all, the culture or how are you having to adapt to it? So one thing is for sure is that our leaders uh, very quickly got a PhD in crisis management. And it'll be a moment where they'll always look back on for the rest of their lives is what was their part in, in, in being a leader? And, and it really gave people an opportunity to, to learn the importance of communication. Uh, now, the, the byproduct of all this is some of the challenges that come along with this. Look, we've got about 250 employees. And when we bring somebody on board, we hire somebody. Uh, the first thing we do is we give them a tour of our whole facility. They get to meet all the people, and and it's it's super inspiring. But now with all these folks working remotely, with so many of our people still working remotely, even the onboarding process has changed. And I think it's probably changed for a lot of companies that are that are listening to this podcast. And and you know I think that can have long term effects on one's culture if we don't figure out more creative ways uh, to deal with it, so that people can really feel part of a team when we bring them on board. Now, talk to us a little bit about some of those changes, because needless to say, if you're kind of doing things more virtually or if all of a sudden the, you're you know, maintaining more social distances and masks and all these different kind of things, how, how is that changing this training and this, uh, you know, this kind of the people or high human kind of focused culture? Yeah, I, I do think there's, I think you have to, I think a caution point uh, is that we have to be careful that to recognize that there's a, a slight loss of human connection. Again, people are wearing masks. You know, you, you don't put 50 salespeople in a room anymore and do a big rah-rah training. You have to try to do it remotely or uh, on Zoom or something like that. And look, there's certain, there's certain limitations to that. It's hard to have a, it's hard to have a multi-way conversation going on with Zoom. You can really only hear one person at a time. So it, it kind of been, starts to create silos. And it, typically, the home improvement business is a siloed business anyway. You have your marketing over here, you have your production over there, you have your sales over there, you have your call center over there. But then when you start looking in the, inside the individual departments and you start putting them remotely, then you start to have silos inside of your silos. And I think as any business owner knows, silos are, 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 are never healthy for business. So it's all about how do you creatively break down these silos and, and make people and, and, and make sure we're going out of our way to, 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 to be an inclusive company and bring people along on the journey and share success stories with leadership teams and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, you talk about the, the importance of breaking down the silos, the importance of how we communicate maybe a little bit differently today. What, what are some of those things that either you or your team members and maybe you can share a, you know, a story or two that, you know, really is kind of a, a, okay, this is what we learned in the last several months of, of having gone through this. Yeah. One thing we learned is we didn't know we didn't know. 
<laughs> and what I mean by that is, by example, we bring on a uh, somebody that in our company, we advance them through the ranks in the organization. And, you know, it was it was three or four months ago. It's easy to celebrate that. You, you can have balloons in the showroom, you have a cake, you have whatever. Uh, what we found is that we found ourselves advancing people and then not celebrating those moments. So one of the changes we've recently made is we, we create intentional uh, moments to connect where our uh, people that we're advancing get, have an opportunity to get on a, a Zoom meeting with all the leaders in our organization so we can all say congratulations and let them know, we, you know that we support their journey. We're doing some of those same things with onboarding people. We have to be very, very aware. I think as, as business owners, we, we can't take things for granted. We have to be very aware of the sensitivity, the potential loss of human connection, and, and probably go above and beyond to make a point to try to connect with other, other individuals inside the company. Yeah, one of the things that I'm finding in talking to a lot of business leaders is they're also kind of adjusting and tweaking and changing their decision process in that there's so many things out there that we don't know. But what we do know is we want to have conversations. We want to have dialogue, not necessarily kind of edicts and, and, and what these policies and decisions are. Are you finding that as well, Brian? I know that's probably part of your DNA anyway, but are you finding the conversation and the dialogue that you're having with the team members changing? Yeah, I think it's really important. And it's my, again, my job as a CEO of the organization to constantly encourage our every individual inside of our company, A, to have a voice, and B, to have a learning mindset. Because with rapid change and rapid disruption inside of an organization, your best tool is to have a learning mindset as a company so you can respond to things. But the other thing is, and this is super important, I've been spending a lot of time uh, visiting with customers over the past couple of weeks, trying to hit as many job sites as possible. Uh, because what happens is during, again, times of disruption and times of change, uh, we, we have to know what our customers are saying. And it's super easy for a CEO to be, be so far removed from the people that are closest to the customer that decisions can then be made in some ivory tower. We always want to stay close to our customers in times of disruption and close to the people and the people inside of the organization that are close to your customer, because then, then all decisions uh, make sense. In regards to our customer. So, what are you hearing from the client? What are some of those site visits and ear to the ground with those, you know, with those, uh, you know, individuals that touch those clients? What, what are you learning? What are you hearing from them that, that, you know, might be insightful to others? Yeah, well, well, the first thing that I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm so very fortunate, we've got just the best team in the world. Um, I'm just so proud of our team, the way they. The way they take care of our customers, the way they uh, the way they install, the way they the way they communicate, I'm I'm super proud of our team. Uh, that's one thing that I'm hearing, and that's a really big deal. The other thing I'm hearing is that I think um, I think customers are are happy to actually start to see things opening up and get out of their home and and start to do stuff. There, there's definitely a share of people that are still a little nervous, but I think people are trying to figure out what does this new world look like and how do they you know and how do they act in it. And so it's a fun time to see people getting excited about home improvement projects. So I know, Brian, you don't have a crystal ball and you're not a psychic, but as you kind of look out further into the year, into the fall and maybe into the winter, you know, what, what are you seeing that, that might look like and, and, and how are you 
kind of position yourself for for new kind of play. So I was getting ready to uh, book a trip out to Arizona. I was going to take a flight out to Arizona. So I, I went on to uh, an airline, a very large airline, and it was really hard to find a flight where I didn't have to take four planes to get to Phoenix, Arizona. So, you know, the airline industry is really struggling right now. People aren't flying. They've cut flights back. And it's going to be a long time before the airline industry comes back to normal. If anybody that, that normally flies, the last thing you want to do is take four planes to get somewhere. I think what we're going to see in our business locally is that same kind of start and stop kind of behavior in different communities. I think you're going to see flare-ups in communities. You're going to see people afraid in certain areas. But I think as long as people want to take care of their home, I think the home improvement industry is well protected for a recession or any kind of a pullback. The home is somebody's best investment. And I think we're, we're well positioned to, to make people feel good about their home. But I do think, I do think that, that how we market, maybe you know, a lot of people on this call are, are, are used to do a lot of face-to-face marketing. That's probably not coming back for a while. So you know, we have to be creative. We have to figure out how to make conversations with customers in a traditional marketing forum without constantly sounding like we're barking sales at people. So, Brian, any final thoughts, any final words for our listeners that are, you know, they're kind of spinning, they're kind of grappling with all this and these changes, and they're starting to, you know, have need to have new muscles forming before they, you know, in terms of leading the charge of their business. Any advice to these leaders of, you know, how to kind of get through this and how to potentially come out? you know, successful on the other end. Yeah, I think that, you know, talk to the people inside of your company that are closest to the customer, for sure. And make sure that you stay in contact with your customer. Because what you want to do is you want to be able to, you always want to be the company that adds value to your customer. And and know that your lifeline is your people. So, you know, make sure that you understand you have leaders inside of your company, people that want to become leaders. Now is a great time to help somebody you know, realize their full potential. Well, listen, I want to thank you, Brian, for joining me on uh, Remodeling Mastery. And I encourage you, if you're, uh, you know, out and about, able to, you know, listen to Brian speak at one of the events, very, very much well worth it. And again, I think the more that you can kind of embrace what's going on out there and not necessarily look at it as a liability, like Brian, look at it as an opportunity, look at it as an asset to really take your business to the next level. And I think you're going to see a lot of success. So take care, everyone. And thank you for uh, joining us on uh, Remodeling Mastery. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Surefire Local. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone, using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.